Welcome to The Odd Show, where the G is silent and represents a God who is sometimes difficult to see in the world that we live in. Join the discussion as we try to figure out how to live as Christians in that place of tension created by a world that doesn't quite get us and a church that often reacts rather than acting out of compassion. Now, here's your hosts, Bruce Pagano and Thomas Hogan. I just want to say welcome to The Odd Show, and uh, today it's not going to be Thomas and I on the podcast, but our wives are going to be taking over the podcast, and they have some stuff to talk about, so enjoy the show. You can check us out on Twitter at odd underscore show, and on the website at theoddshow.com. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Bruce's wife, Sarah, and I'm Angie, Thomas's wife, (laughs) or are you? (laughs) Am I? (laughs) Hi. I'm Bruce's wife, Sarah. And I'm Angie, Thomas's wife. And we're talking today about modesty and how it affects young girls who basically follow what the church tells them. So, why don't you start with your story? Um, so, I was with my daughter um, the other day. She's 12. And we were at a friend's house doing some shopping. Um, for some clothes and she came out of the bathroom wearing what I thought looked absolutely gorgeous on her and she looked at herself in the full-length mirror and quickly ran back in so I follow her and ask her um, why she didn't like what she was wearing and she told me that I don't like the way my tummy looks in this dress and I was really surprised um, that she even thought about that as a 12 year old and I asked her where um, she had got this idea if someone had told it to her and she said that um, she notices when she's looking in the mirror and she turns to the side that she hunches and her tummy pokes out and she feels uncomfortable and she doesn't feel pretty and so it got me thinking um, about I guess like our standards of beauty Um, especially I think in America um, and the struggles that young girls have with um, the way they feel about themselves and even the way that they feel about each other picking themselves apart and constantly maybe comparing themselves to other girls and other women um, and and how they maybe set impossibly high standards for themselves Um, and as adults we know that the things that we see on TV and and I guess in the magazines are photoshopped and yeah. not real, but yeah. young girls don't realize that. Um, as a photographer, I have lots of people come up to me who want pictures and they refer back to their favorite magazine and they say things like, can you make my arms skinny? Can you make my face look like hers? And I have to actually point out every single detail of the picture that has been edited on Photoshop and um, I get easily sucked into it. I, I, I've had two kids, so my body is not what it used to be. And I have to remind myself as I'm looking at the magazine covers in the line at the grocery store that her arm is missing. Her ear is missing. Oh my gosh. They took, you know, a third of her back off to make it look like she's super skinny. And I've trained myself to recognize those differences because it's just, it's not realistic and it's it's not reality and having the church tell you one definition of modesty and having the world tell you another definition of modesty they just completely clash together so 
finding that middle ground and your own identity as a woman and as as a, a creative or whatever you identify yourself as can be really overwhelming, just completely overwhelming. I mean, <clears throat> your kids are older. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter, Hazel, she's two, so modesty's not even a thing right now. I mean, she likes to run around naked, but who cares? We have tall fences. I wish I could run around <laughs> naked. <laughs> That's what we're talking about today. Oh, okay. Um, I get bombarded every day with what's considered modest for breastfeeding. Mm, um, yeah, am yeah. I allowed to breastfeed in public? Am I allowed to do it when people are around in my own home? How modest should I be? How covered up should I be? And uh, when Hazel was born, she had a tongue tie. So we had a lot of issues in the beginning with breastfeeding. And I initially covered up. But because of the struggles that I had, it just became such a burden. I already had so many other struggles and worries and anxieties about breastfeeding. Adding a cover to it for the sake of another person's comfortability was so detrimental to our relationship, our brand new hmm. relationship. And I eventually got to the point, like, if I go with person A's idea of modesty, I will be completely covered from head to toe. If I go with person C's modesty, I'll let a boob hang out. If I go with that guy's modesty, I will be in between. Like there are so many varying uh -huh. ideas of modesty. Who, who am I supposed to please or who am I supposed to follow? So I think what it just came down to for us is that I maintained, um, I maintained a level of modesty that made me feel comfortable as a person in society and as Hazel's mom. And with that meant breastfeeding in public, I, I mean, I do it all the time. I, I still do it. Um, and I've never had anybody come up to me, thankfully, because I think it would <laughs> ensue a huge debate, right. a huge argument. Um, but can you think of anything the Bible addresses specifically about this topic that we could use as Christians for a guideline? Um, well, I think so. The thing that comes to mind immediately is the Proverbs 31 woman. Mm -hmm. And, um, but also, um, who can find a woman of noble character? Mm -hmm. Her, her worth is far above rubies. But the, the interesting thing that when you were talking that I thought about is, <laughs> something like that we're not as good as our husbands with this we tried to do a snapchat filter and that didn't work out very well okay you guys missed out <laughs> um but the thing i was thinking about when you were talking is what i find most interesting um regarding the breastfeeding issue mm -hmm. in public is that by and large those who shame or get upset or un or are uncomfortable with breastfeeding moms in public are who? Christians. And women. Christian women. Christian absolutely. women. But, yeah. It's really surprising. Really I think surprising. because there's a generation out there of people who had such crazy modesty rules that seeing a new generation who is a little bit more relaxed and understanding of bodies just freaks them out. And also, <laughs> does modesty just um, encompass what we wear? 
No. I mean, I because so. I, I think about, you know, um, having good character, mm -hmm. being modest in your, um, your speech, the company you keep. I think, but we always attribute it to what we're wearing, mm -hmm. but also to females. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody has a problem with a man walking down the street without a shirt. I mean, <clears throat> Bruce is super modest. He never goes without a shirt. And he requires that the rules in our house are that you keep your clothes on, no um, shirtless boys at dinner. But he also, he also holds that standard to how he acts. Mm -hmm. And by the way, he doesn't hold standard of modesty to me. He lets me set my own standard of modesty. Yeah. And he trusts that I wouldn't go out in public and try to call attention to myself with clothing that that that's not who I am he trusts that he's never he's never told me not to wear something he's never he's never basically tried to exert his will over my style sense and and he and he, he will never have to because when I was little I remember <clears throat> having a talk with my dad um, about modesty and he explained you know some women are there are women on both extremes there are women who cover themselves head to toe and that's what they do and there are women who feel the need to uh, bear it all and that's what they do and he said that as a young woman as a Christian um, my the best thing for me he never like made it about my job or my my responsibility as a Christian he just said the best thing for me will be that if I find the middle road and mm -hmm. I think that was the best advice I ever got I plan on telling that to Hazel it's people who walk the middle road don't have problems one way or another they're accepted they're they don't usually come into conflict with anyone they're just peacekeepers another thing I that it's for me in regards to modesty that drives me nuts is Let's take middle school and high school. <coughs> Girls getting sent home because mm -hmm. um, their shirts aren't covering their bums. Or um, the, the new thing right now is girls in schools can't wear leggings. Why? It's not about the girl. It's because they're creating chaos with the boys because it's causing, um, it's causing boys to look at them in a certain yep. way. So... The frustrating for me, I mean, so we have five kids, um, three boys and two girls, um, and we have, we've raised several foster kids. The thing that drives me nuts is let's teach boys to have good character. Mm -hmm. Let's teach boys to guard their own hearts and guard their own eyes and their own minds. Let's teach boys how to... Um, respect women when they interact with women when right, they absolutely. have dealings with women <laughs> instead of putting all of that onto the girls and then having the girls feel ashamed about right. being womanly or how their body looks um that that just that really frustrates me it this, puts the responsibility of the boys Moral, moral failure onto the girls. On the girls. They're the ones who have to take responsibility for it and change the way they behave so the boys don't have to deal with it, basically. Right. And, <clears throat> and it, that is a pattern that is cemented in school and yes. carried out for the rest of life. And this idea, when, when I've tried to talk to it um, uh, with friends, 
one of the things that that makes me cross-eyed is this statement well boys will be boys that's not okay right boys will be boys who spend three months in prison for rape right yeah yeah it starts in school when you're telling a girl that what she wears is the is the reason for his disrespecting you and that's, right there's so that is wrong on so many levels like that could be a topic in and of itself. Yeah, we should come back and have that <laughs> conversation. You probably just want us to take over the podcast. You okay. guys are going to like us more than you like the guys anyway, so we'll plan on coming back for another episode. I can't think of anything else. Did you stop it? No, it's still going. 11 minutes of work. God, we have six more minutes of talking. How do they do this? I have no idea. Mad props to them. They don't know how to get their point across as well, efficiently as we do. Actually, they're so stinking long-winded that they need more than 20 minutes. But you guys check out after 20 minutes, so they had to just cut it down. Huh. Basically. Um, gosh, modesty wasn't even an issue back in the local times. And that's not to say that it's only a cultural thing because the Bible transcends culture, you know, culture. What do you so think about people who say that there's a lack of modesty with um, these generations because of loose morals? What do you think of that? Well, who, look, look who raised him, right? I mean, the, if, the, if this generation has loose morals, who raised them? So I feel like, so I see... Um, women so uh i lived we lived in florida five years ago and talk about having to pray over your sons and their eyes and their hearts and their minds um it was everywhere like it you know you'd go into walmart and girls were wearing booty shorts and bikinis and that's very norm very typical but then it makes me think when i see young girls dress like that i think the mama or the daddy bought those clothes but then the mama and the daddies um, get upset when um, people um, talk about their kids or, you know, and not, I don't want to do what we talked about by, by making, by saying that it's okay to, to blame the girls mm -hmm. for people looking at them a certain way. But I think parents have, we've kind of stopped parenting. Yeah. And... Our kids call the shots, <laughs> mm -hmm. and for us in our household, while our children live in our house, we have a say, a huge say, in what they wear. Mm -hmm. We have more say in what they wear than they do. And I think that um, we've kind of gotten away from feeling like we have a voice in the choices that our kids make, because culture and society tells us that We'll get in trouble if we parent a certain way or if we discipline. And so kids kind of, uh, they rule the homes. On the opposite, well, I guess on the opposite side of that coin or maybe different part of the same side, um, feminism has a huge role in justifying and encouraging um, what women choose to wear for themselves. They say that if you feel, if you like feeling sexualized by what you wear and you like objectifying yourself if and you, you like the attention, yeah, yeah, then you're more than welcome to like do it. Feminism encourages that, but then rape culture takes advantage of it. And 
honestly, in, in my life, for me personally and for what we plan to um, teach Hazel as she's growing up, I haven't, haven't figured that out yet. I don't know the answer. I don't, I don't know the, the balance between making sure that Hazel and I don't take responsibility for men's moral, moral failure, mm -hmm. but also making sure that she knows it's not acceptable in our household to flaunt if you've got it. It's not, that's not what we do. That's not who we are. Um, and I think part of it is that we find our identity in Christ and not yes. in our bodies. We find our identity in being children of God and washed clean in the blood and not the latest style trends mm -hmm. or the size of our bra and how much of it we can show off. Um, so establishing early on where that identity lies, I hope in my own life it has, will take care of that wrestle between morality and also um, wearing what you feel, wearing what you like. I mean, God made the female body is beautiful. I, it's a work of art and um, I don't think any girl should ever feel Inadequate. like a moral yeah. failure for having a curvy body because that how, that's how God has made her. I think he took, I, I don't think, I know God took absolute delight in designing a woman's body. Yeah. Um, so if our girls are feeling uncomfortable and guilty for having the curse that God gave them, that's a whole nother set of things that need to be addressed. Uh, it's just such a thin line to toe. Like yeah. it's such a balance and, and a hard thing to, to work out on a daily basis because you can be proud of the body that God gave you and dress in a way that, um, shows the world how you identify but but also respect the body God yeah. gave you and yeah. nobody people don't need to see it's every detail it's I hard. really feel like the thing that um, especially as moms that we can do to to at least start to combat um, body image issues self esteem issues um, or girls respecting themselves is making sure that they understand what you said, <clears throat> that their identity lies in Jesus. I love in, um, it's in Ephesians 1, it talks about how um, God, even before he laid the foundations of the world, mm -hmm. he was thinking of us. Yeah. That's incredible. And we were like, knit together in our mother's yes, womb. Fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, yeah. there's all of this beauty um, in us that God absolutely delights in and he adores, but we have to, we have to tell our kids and help them to understand that his view of us is the one that matters most. Absolutely. His voice is the voice that they should hear first and most clearly. But that is such a hard thing to do. Yeah. But I think repetition, them seeing that in us, I know, um, I definitely screwed up early on when I was a mom by um, downgrading myself, mm. like verbally, yeah. without paying attention to yeah. the fact that little ears were listening. Yes. Like, oh, 
I look fat in this or I can't have a second helping because it's going to go to my hips. Like those things, we say those things and you know what? My mom's incredible, but guess what? I heard my mom say those things. Mm -hmm. And so the better we are at modeling the right thing for our kids, I think that that's going to go a long way with how they feel about themselves. Yep. I completely agree. Little ears are listening and little eyes are watching so much more closely than we ever. Yeah. <coughs> than we think. Even Hazel at two years old, she's starting to mimic looking in the mirror and touching her face. And I'm like, crap. Right. I need to, I need to cut that crap mm-hmm. out. So it all comes down to, I mean, it all doesn't come down to, but it's very essential the way that you parent the way that you pay attention to what you say and what you're teaching your kids. And I wonder if there are any books out there. There have got to be. I haven't I'm read sure. any. I'm sure there are great books out there. Oh, there's this one book girls. called um, Captivating. Have you heard mm, of it? Yes, I have it. I haven't read it yet. It's, it's on my list. It's awesome. That's a good one about self-worth mm-hmm. and value and just like what we said, um, finding your identity in Jesus first. Mm-hmm. And then I think that if that's your foundation, then it's going to be really hard for the world to combat that and tell you that you are something that you know you aren't because this is who God says I am. And I also think that keeping the lines of communication open between you and your kids is super, super important. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, as a mother, not downgrading yourself in front of your kids because if your children hear you speak... um, speak negatively over your body and about different flaws, they're going to think the same thing and they're not going to want to, I mean, at least for me, I, my mom would make comments about her body. And I remember thinking, I don't see what you see. I don't see the flaws that you're talking about. I love that dress on you. Please wear it. But my mom wouldn't wear this specific dress because it showed a mole on her chest. And, um, I honestly did not see it. And I'm not saying the lines of communication were open between us, but there were definitely topics that I didn't feel like I could go to my mom with. Um, That might have just been a difference in personality. She's an amazing woman and she's strong, but I think that intentionally making those lines of communication open. Okay, Hazel, let's talk about your body. Do you know what this body part is? Do you know what this body part is? And if you notice or hear thoughts or habits sitting down and creating a conversation so that later on when they're having struggles they can come back and be like I think you know this way or have questions about their body and it can be an open topic so that you can begin to teach them and and holy cow don't we want that stuff to come from us yes and not and not the the world world. yeah I'd much rather have those conversations with my babies than Absolutely. The world telling them what's what. Yep. And that comes back down to just depending on God, man. Staying in the Bible and staying prayerful, asking for wisdom. I pray for wisdom all the time. Malachi prays for wisdom now because he hears me ask for wisdom so much. That's amazing. I love that. (laughs) I need it. I need wisdom so much because in my, if the, conversation in my own head is so convoluted I cannot even imagine how it's going to be for Hazel in 10 13 yeah 14 years when there's a whole new set of cultural problems out there right 
So we've reached our time limit, miraculously. <laughs> um, thanks for watching, and go ahead and send those requests in for us to take over the podcast. Do you have anything You know remarks? you enjoy looking at us more than you like looking at those guys. <laughs> Works of art. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.